Hey, hey, welcome to Coconut Oil Stardust and Dope Vibes. Today's episode is the March 2020 astrology forecast. We have some interesting alignments coming up this month this month for March. Um gosh, it feels like we've just kind of been through it for this first quarter. Like January felt like the longest year ever. And then we turned around in February and kind of got more in depth and intact with our emotions. And so now we're going to round out first quarter in March. March doesn't really give us too much reprieve. I think a lot of people are looking for reprieve and relief. And that's not what we're really going to get for 2020 period. But um, March sees us a little less in our moods and emotions and gives us a little bit more freedom. So hopefully that helps you out and you guys are looking forward to that a little bit more. Um, Just in summary, March is about movement. We're going to have removal of restrictions and not be so as emotional as we were in February. February really saw us tap into um, our moods and really identifying and organizing that and understanding how our moods and our emotions lent to our creativity and our ability to just kind of come together spiritually. In March, it's not so much an emotional month. It's more a month of freedom and completion and just really, really being intentional. I want you guys to um, kind of focus on the key words and the key ideas of having an open mind, being less rigid, and removing restrictions. Because this month, I want you to think of air energy and kind of um, moving along and floating on air. So when we think of the element of air, when I do natal charts and I explain the air element energy, air can be, um, it can be a cool breeze. It can be a warm breeze. Both of those can be inviting depending on the temperature um, and the current environment. But then air can also be what propels a hurricane or a tornado. And think about like an old house when you have a room that nobody's been using. That air can be stale and stagnant if it's not allowed to move, if it doesn't have freedom. So you got to think of air energy for the month of March and decide how much freedom you need, how much you're moving. Because if you're not moving and you're stagnant, things just aren't going to um, be progressive for you or really move forward. And that's what we want coming out of quarter one. We want progression. We want movement. So um, we start off the month. We're going to start. Um, and I, I mainly talk about some of the, the main alignments. As we know, the moon progresses every 48 hours or so into a new sign. Um, and we have all kinds of movement and alignments every single, um, pretty much almost every day. 
Um, but I like to just talk about some of the more um, substantial alignments for the month and have you guys kind of guide yourself through those. So starting off March 4th, we have two important alignments happening here. We have Mercury. We're, we're currently in the midst of a Mercury retrograde as we go into March, but we are currently in Mercury in Pisces. Mercury switches in, and transgresses into Aquarius, um, transits into Aquarius, and we are in Mercury retrograde in Aquarius. So we're taking Mercury from this uh, water energy of Pisces into the air energy of Aquarius. So what does that look like for us? Mercury is over our communication, how we think, how we learn, how we analyze. And Aquarius is this fixed air energy that's ruled by Uranus. So it's progressive. It wants change. It likes freedom. It likes movement. It likes to connect and kind of socialize. And so what does that mean for us? When this Mercury retrograde period of Aquarius hits us, we want to look at what do you want to manifest? What is it? What feelings have you been holding back? You want to release those feelings. You want to figure out a proper outlet to release those feelings and thoughts and ideas. But then you want to look at what is it that you're needing to manifest and gain the ability to speak that intention out loud so that the universe hears that vibration. Our words are vibrations and we can speak a lot of things into existence. It's it's a it's an interesting thing to have an idea on your brain but then when it comes out of your mouth, sometimes you're like, oh, like it, there's a different way of processing things when it actually comes out of your mouth. You don't realize what you're thinking a lot of times until you either write it or you verbalize it. And so this Mercury retrograde in Aquarius is asking you to go ahead and create vibrations with the things that you are intentional about and really speak it out loud so you can start to see things come to fruition. Same day, March 4th, uh, we also see Venus move into Taurus. Venus is over love, money, and all things that we find pleasurable. It's a fixed earth energy and it's ruled, Taurus is ruled by Venus. Um, Taurus is fixed earth energy and Taurus is ruled by Venus. And so Venus and Taurus is one of those alignments where we see strength um, at home. So we're talking about patience, practical spending, um, lots of sensuality. Venus and Taurus is very sensual. Taurus, earth signs themselves aren't known for being very sensual, but Venus and Taurus has a sensuality that's at play here. So you want to, you know, work hard, play hard during Venus and Taurus, but you want to look at things that you find pleasurable. What do you find pleasurable? Where can you plan to indulge? Venus and Taurus is a bit of planned indulgence. It's not like risk taking where you're jumping off a bridge and doing things for exhilaration or the thrill of it. It's very much being tapped into your sensual side and being very um, 
intentional about how you're going to tap into your pleasures. Now, uh, we come upon, um, this month we have a full moon in Virgo, and then we also have a new moon in Aries. We come upon the full moon in Virgo on the 9th. Also on the 9th, uh, Mercury goes direct in Aquarius. So we'll talk a little bit first about that Mercury going direct in Aquarius. Um, Mercury comes out of retrograde on March 9th. And it's still in the sign of sign of Aquarius. So we're going to look at that fixed air energy and have more open-minded conversation. Connect with people through um, words. Make sure that you're moving forward and speaking vibrations and frequencies that are positive. Just be very aware as Mercury goes direct in Aquarius. Be very aware of what you're thinking and what you're saying out of your mouth. Um, because those things are really dictating your current reality. So be very aware. Um, also, this is where we're going to get into removing restrictions and um, having freedom of thought and just dreaming up, you know, your wildest dreams. Like really, really have no ceiling when it comes to creating and bridging gaps and bringing things together. Now, this full moon in Virgo, interesting energy. Uh, Virgo is a mutable earth sign. So it's one of those earth signs that kind of likes a little movement, likes things to, you know, kind of change up a bit. Uh, Virgo is ruled by Mercury. Mercury, of course, like we just talked about, is over our communication and how we connect and think and analyze. <clears throat> So typically, um, this is earth energy that likes to be grounded in detail and thought. Um, it's typically very loyal, <coughs> excuse me, very self-critical, um, and can be tend to have a tendency to be a bit conservative. But on that same day that we have that full moon in Virgo, we have this Mercury going direct in Aquarius, where you're supposed to have this open mind. And, you know, be remove these restrictions, but yet this full moon is here that with this kind of self-critical energy of Virgo. And what's interesting on this day, we have our full moon in Virgo, but then our sun is in Pisces. Pisces is patience and loving and, and tolerance. So we really want to make sure um, what we're tapping into this month in general, but definitely during this full moon. We're, we're looking at our intentions. We're looking at manifesting and, and examining places where you're being more self-critical. Think Places where you're restricting yourself. Are there spaces where you are being too loyal to a person or an idea or a concept? Because sometimes we can find ourselves being super loyal to something or someone that is not being loyal back. There's no reciprocity. It's not paying us anything. We're not getting any cost benefit for staying so down for someone or something. So is there a space where maybe you're being self-critical, where you're kind of holding yourself back? Um, and is there a space where you're restricting yourself and you're just, just being overly loyal to an idea? 
I'll give you an example. A lot of times people stay in marriages and relationships because they're loyal to the idea of being loyal. They're not necessarily loyal anymore to their lover. They're more loyal to the idea like, oh, I got to stick with this or I chose this relationship so I have to stay here or I know one of the things I said, you know, I wanted out of my marriage because there were so many things that were happening at the time. But then I was like, well, aren't you supposed to go to counseling? Aren't you supposed to do all these things to save a marriage no matter what? I was no longer loyal to the person. I was loyal to the idea of what it took to be in a marriage. Therefore, things stayed well past the expiration date. So with this full moon, full moons are about manifesting and just bringing things to completion and bringing things to light. Really shine a spotlight on those critical key areas in your life where you may be holding on to something that you really need to let go of and it's well past the expiration date. The a little bit of the background behind the sign of Virgo. Virgo is our fifth zodiac sign and it symbolizes fertility and agriculture uh it is demeter symbolized by the god the uh, virgin goddess demeter who is also known as ceres um this is the goddess of innocence and purity um and there's a couple different stories about the sign of um virgo and how that mythology came about um but one of the most basic ones is that it's um it may also be characterized by persephone um there are some mythology that say that it's demeter and some that say that it's persephone uh persephone would be demeter's daughter but um at any rate there is this in all of the mythology there's this maiden um who has an earthly experience um and the earth was in one of the stories experiencing like an eternal springtime and um Hades the god of the underworld ends up abducting Persephone in one of the stories um which gives us the seasons so Persephone had to spend some of her time in the underworld which is where we get like winter and then when she comes back we have the full blooms of spring um, another story says that Zeus sent Pandora to Earth as punishment to man, and she opens Pandora's box with all of the deadly sins that come out. Um, but hope was left, and hope sprang eternal. And so the gods all returned to heaven because, like, at that point when Pandora's box was open, like, Earth absolutely sucked. Um, and that the maiden series was one of the last ones to leave and before she left the earth she cultivated it to a point where she made things beautiful and she brought hope back and that's where we get the idea of spring so all the time with Virgo there is this uh, feminine energy that kind of stays a little bit behind and, and lingers a bit and then brings us these pretty pretty things um but she's also usually in the mythology kind of terrorized by a a space of having to 
split herself and split her time between a couple different things. Um, and there's some restricting of self that happens in these mythological stories. Um, but at any rate, she is characterized by being grounded, um, and having this innocence and this purity and this loyalty to these other beings, um, whether it be Hades or Zeus or any of those other gods, um, having this loyalty where she like kind of digs in and sticks with it. So once again, full moon energy, we want to make sure that we are looking at places where we need to develop, where we need to shine the light um, on any self-critical behavior or any spaces where you may be restricting yourself and being too loyal to a person or a concept that is not reciprocating. Um, So Mercury moves into Pisces, moves back into Pisces on March 16th. Interesting energy because we're going between um, Mercury and Aquarius, Mercury and Pisces. We start out with Mercury um, moving into Pisces retrograde on February 16th. Um, Mercury moved into Pisces originally on February 3rd and then went retrograde on February 16th in Pisces. It transits earlier in the month of March, like we talked about, um, on the 4th and then goes direct in Aquarius, um, on the 9th. And after it comes out of its shadow phase, goes back to Mercury and Pisces. So Mercury and Pisces may see us. It's it's actually an uncomfortable space for Mercury to be in. It's considered a point of weakness, a point of detriment. Um, So there may be trouble expressing yourself um, and possibly getting into addictive behaviors as a mode of expression. So that could be your eating, um, sexual energy, Um, things that are addictive for you, smoking, um, drinking, things like that to cope with feelings. Make sure that when you're in this Mercury and Pisces transit that you're not suppressing your feelings. Remember, this month of March is about releasing and really, really making sure that we let things go. So uh, on the 19th at 11.49 p.m., The sun moves into Aries. Now, this is where, and I kind of tell you guys this on every podcast for the monthly, um, the monthly forecast. We have to be aware of where the sun is at an exact time because that dictates whether you, especially on a day between like the 18th and the 21st, that actually dictates your sun sign. Now, my daughter was born, um... March 20th, 2011, and around like it's like 4:36 p.m. Um, that made her a Pisces that year because the sun didn't move into Aries until like about 11 o'clock p.m., like 11 p.m. that night, um, or a little bit earlier the next day. 
This year, if you have a child born on March 19th at 11.49 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, they are an Aries. So anywhere between that, you know, after 11.49, they're an Aries. They're born earlier during the day. They would be a Pisces. So there's a big difference there. The sun in Aries is exalted. Um... When we have these spaces that are exalted, it's a space of where it can be a strength, but sometimes there's just too much power and things kind of go a little bit overboard. Um, Aries is a fire cardinal sign and it's ruled by Mars. So you have this active action energy. Um, Aries is the first of the zodiac signs it symbolizes the zodiac new year and so we have a lot of innovativeness um, newness ingenuity Um, we're looking at sometimes being impatient and being impulsive Um, but as we move into Aries season we want to kind of do the unexpected be open to trying new things a lot of times Aries kind of gets a bad rap for kind of hopping from one thing to the next and I mean there are times where that can be a really good thing and there are times where that impulsivity can stop you from actually completing things that you need to complete so as we move into Aries season you want to make sure that you are just kind of being willing to do different things um sometimes there's a space where I think being impatient may be a good thing because maybe that you've been waiting too long or as the full moon in Virgo said you might have been too loyal to a situation so maybe a little impatience is helpful in getting you to make some moves that you haven't made and you needed to make now another very important uh transit that happens this month in march is saturn moving from capricorn for a brief transit in aquarius so Saturn has been um, in Capricorn for a while now, and we've kind of been in this space of learning lessons and kind of getting our ass kicked. It's like, did you learn the lesson? Okay, well, if you didn't learn the lesson, now you got to go all the way back to go and start over again because Pluto has been in Capricorn as well. So those two have been kind of tag teaming us on the ropes and kind of, you know, doing some clotheslines and knocking us the hell out. When Saturn moves into Aquarius, it's interesting energy. At one time, Saturn was uh, ruled by Aquarius. Um, Saturn had some, uh, Aquarius had some Saturn rulership. I said that backwards. At one time, Sat- Aquarius had some Saturn rulership, but now we kind of look at Aquarius as being ruled by Uranus a little bit more. Um, but there are some times where we do still talk about um Aquarius as having some Saturn rulership so in this brief transit Saturn who is over our structure and our boundaries and how we set rules for ourselves in our life um we see us being willing to test limits more and just kind of toe the line um being open to things moving more quickly more rapidly 
Um, This is a space of being less rigid and having more freedom and really, really trying to bend the rules. So kids who are born under the Saturn and Aquarius transit, they're going to be like the ones who are going to limit tests with you all the time and just kind of really push, push those buttons and see where things take them. This is really important as we move into the second quarter of the year because in order to make things happen, like you've got to test the limits. You can't just always live inside the box and just say, well, I'm just gonna kind of stay right here and make this thing happen. That lends to us kind of recultivating things that we've already finished. It's like, when do you ever challenge yourself? If you don't push the limits and if you're not open to movements and if you're so rigid that you can't um, take those steps. So Saturn in Aquarius is going to give us a little reprieve. We've been um, consistently having to apply the lessons that we've learned and the things that we've been taught. And so Saturn in Aquarius gives us a little freedom of movement to just kind of be and exist which I think is going to be super um, nurturing to a space of free thinking. Um, You know, there's a lot of groupthink that's out here at this point. And groupthink leads to like internet lynch mobs and um, leads to cancel culture. This Saturn in Aquarius is like, come on and where are the renaissance thinkers? Where are the people who aren't afraid to say what they need to say and say what some of us are thinking despite the fact that cancel culture might come for your neck? Those folks are really going to thrive during this Saturn in Aquarius transit. So March 24th at 528 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are looking at a new moon in Aries, Um, new moon intention setting, just being um, in a space where you really need to be open to making huge moves in unexpected directions. That's what this new moon is about. Um, trying something new, change your space up, change up your scenery. Um, if you've been consistently creating with the same, with the same energy, find something that, that kind of muses you and gives you inspiration under a different energy. So you can try some different things that will help to bring to the forefront, um, the depths of your creativity. This is really um, time for our change makers to step up front and um, really pull us forward and propel us forward into new vibrations and dimensions. It's really going to be an exciting time. Um, So Aries, little background on Aries, it's the first zodiac sign, It, it symbolizes the zodiac new year. And it is the Ram of the Golden Fleece. Um, But it also dates back to um, stories from Babylonian times as well. Um, So there's a couple, as always, different um, mythology about the sign of Aries. For some, um, it relates to the Egyptian Amun-Ra, who's a man with the ram's head for fertility and creativity. 
which makes sense because this is the usually the onset of the spring equinox which is rebirth um, where the sun is being reborn zodiac new year now for the greeks uh it symbolizes the ram that rescued phyrix and hale from hermes hermes set out some orders uh to take Phyrus to the land of Colchis. Um, these Phyrix and Hele were the king's children, um, and they were his kids from his first wife. So basically, like his second wife was jealous, and she wanted the kids dead. And so she induces this famine um, and then sends a message. She lies and says that the Oracle of Delphi. Um, said that the kids have to be sacrificed in order to end this fake ass famine that she orders right total drama um and so the first right wife sends a ram or whatever and Haley, the daughter um dies uh and was drowned with Ares and because so basically Ares the ram he's this winged ram he comes and he saves the kids he saves uh Ferex and Hele but Hele falls off while she's in flight and she drowns um once they get to safety Ferex he goes ahead and he sacrifices the Ares the ram um as a thank you for saving his life you got to remember there were lots of sacrifices done back then as a form of thanks and humility. And uh, he gives this golden fleece to Zeus. So we have Ares, this ram who is fearless. Um, it's fire cardinal energy. Mars is the ruler. Mars, the god of war, rules Ares. Cardinal energy, which is leadership. Um, and fire energy, which is passion and movement. So under this new moon, we want to set intentions to try new things, to be very fearless in um, making huge moves in new and unexpected directions. One of the last important um, alignments for the month of March, Mars moves into Aquarius. So Mars, your active action energy, moves into Aquarius. So this is Aquarius is air energy. So you've got fire and air here. There's lots of movement. What happens with fire? Fire is is stoked um, by air energy. Now, your fire can be like, you know, you you need air for a bonfire, for um, any fire. But you can snuff out a fire when there is no air. But you have to also be careful because if there's too much air, it creates a forest fire. So we want to make sure that during this Mars and Aquarius transit that we think, we move, we connect, but that we're doing everything under the guise of March energy, which is super intentional. Um, we're not just making random ass moves. We're, we're, we're removing restrictions. We're not doing anything that's like overly risk taking. Um, we're bringing a lot of things to completion and reveling in a space of freedom and intentionality. We're not being rigid. 
We're getting rid of old mindsets that say you can't do this or you have to work within this construct in order to get things done. We're really being innovative and open to different structures and different ideas and different ways to make things happen. That, I think, is a really powerful way to round out quarter one because it gives us the energy as we move into quarter two. We move into Taurus energy during quarter two, which is a lot of harvest. So in this space, if you're planting seeds of innovative energy, of freedom of thought, free thinking, no restrictions, we're not really, you know, we can't make money if we get all into our emotions all the time. We have to have some freedom to move about and just really see things come to fruition. So if we're ending quarter one like that, we're able to harvest things on a lot bigger plane as we move into quarter two. Thank you for joining me today for March 2020's um, forecast, cosmic forecast. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, Love Fairy, F A E R Y Magic, and on Instagram, Love and Fairy Magic.